Awesome. Well, my name is Sam Payne. I'm the youth minister here at our, great, at our uh, Southwood campus. And so I get the joy and opportunity of hanging out with a bunch of seventh and 12th graders. And so it's super great. It's awesome. Uh, I love it. It keeps me really young and vibrant. And some people say hip. Who knows? May not be an actual thing. I don't know. But we want, just want to take a moment and just say thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for joining us, whether this is your first time here at Grace or this is, you've been here for years. We just want to send thank you on this Memorial Weekend for joining us as we study God's Word. And so we've been in the book of Proverbs. Uh, we're starting off a new summer series. Last week, Benjamin Biles, or, uh, Ben Biles, our college pastor, kicked us off with an introduction to the book of Proverbs. And so this morning, we're going to keep going into that same realm, and we're actually going to look at this idea of what does it mean to be diligent, what does it mean to be diligent from the book of Proverbs in our walk with the Lord? What does it mean to be diligent from the book of Proverbs in our family lives, in our work lives? What does it mean for us to diligently walk with the Lord? And Ben talked about it last week. Uh, Proverbs is a book of a bunch of little tiny catchy sayings towards wise living, both in our culture around us and also with the Lord. And so when we look at the book of Proverbs, it gives us different applications, different opportunities, different things that we can look at that'll say, hey, this is how we can live wisely in an unbelieving world to give glory to our Lord. How we can live wisely in an unbelieving world to give glory to the Lord. So this morning when we look at diligence, we're gonna see a couple different ways, three different ways that we can pursue this. So, First things first, it's important to define terms, right? So what does it mean when we say diligence? Uh, and it's this, diligence is careful and persistent work or effort. Diligence is careful and persistent work or effort. And so when we talk about diligence, we're gonna be talking about our work ethic, the different ways that we can glorify the Lord. And so if you're wondering where we're going this morning, I'm gonna go ahead and give you the whole sermon in one sentence, the whole sermon. So here we go. Diligence, diligence provides, there we go. Diligence provides opportunities for gospel-centered living. Diligence provides opportunities for gospel-centered living. Our work ethic, the things that we say, the things that we do, how we conduct and live our lives provide opportunities for us to live a gospel-centered life. And it's interesting when we use that word opportunities, right? Each of us, all of us, have different opportunities to live a diligent life. I don't have your work, your job, your career. I don't have your family. I don't have your friends, your neighbors. There is an element of all of this, how the Lord provides different opportunities that are unique to each of us that we can use and walk in diligence with. And then that gospel-centered living is an important framework and filter of how we view the world. So gospel-centered living, filter, framework of how we view the world. See, the reality is when we talk about the gospel, we talk about Jesus coming down, right? Jesus was a perfect man, lived a perfect life, lived a life we couldn't even live because of our sin, because of our rebellion against the Lord. He lived a life that we could not live and he died a death that we deserved. Our wages, of sin is death and it causes separation between us and the Lord and yet Jesus was the perfect substitute for that. 
He died on the cross for us. He rose again a couple days later, defeating sin and the power of death so that we can have a relationship with the Lord. So when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about gospel-centered framework, we are living and filtering everything we do through the framework that Jesus died, rose again, and will come back soon to save us and to redeem us. And so everything we say, everything we do, how we conduct our lives should be, God, how do I glorify you in this moment and not myself? Right, so a gospel-centered framework is that versus a me-centered framework, which is, Lord, how do I, or how do I get what I want? How do I do the things that make me happy, provide security, provide uh, meaning? And see, we're really good as people of filling the voids in our life, right? Because we all have those voids that we, we long for meaning, we long for purpose, we long for connection, and we're really good at filling those with things that are of lesser value than the Lord. So this morning, as we look at diligence, we're gonna see how we can actually diligently approach our life and fill those voids with the things that are meaningful and glorifying the Lord. And it's funny, when I was reading through this, as I was praying, as I was prepping, uh, Solomon, when he goes to the book of Proverbs, right, it's a bunch of those little sayings, he actually contrasts diligence to the life of a lazy person. So diligence to the life of a lazy person. Now, I'm not gonna call you lazy, okay? But the Lord might, right? And so if you start feeling your, your heart tug a little bit and you're like, ooh, that was kind of uncomfortable, the Lord may be revealing something this morning. And so the cool thing about even my role today is revealing and just saying, hey, this is what scripture says. Here are some different ways that we can apply it and allowing the Lord to impact and move in our lives for us to apply it. Proverbs are very easy to understand, very easy to understand, very difficult to apply. Very easy to understand, very difficult to apply. And even as I was prepping, it was actually quite hard because I'm used to like unpacking sermons, unpacking scriptures, like doing a lot of the like heavy labor to reveal the meaning of the text. It's a whole different sermon when the meaning is like very plainly stated, and you're having to like come up with applications. And so this morning, we get the joy of like, hey, how does this impact our life? How does this impact our life? So diligence provides opportunities for gospel-centered living. Uh, in a month, in July, me and my wife will be married for a year. And so we're coming up on a year. It's great. It's exciting. Uh, we're in the middle of like, hey, what do we even do for a one-year anniversary? And so we're in the middle of trying to plan that and celebrate together. But as I was looking through this, as we were thinking through diligence and laziness, there has never been a moment where I've seen both of those play out in such a very small time frame than I have when I got married. <laughs> than I have when I got married. And here, here's why, right? So you intentionally date somebody. You know, I dated my wife. I told her very early on, like, hey, I'm too old for this dating thing. I wanna get married, right? She didn't run away, and she was like, okay, great, I'm on board with the same thing. Okay, great. So we were intentionally dating. We made moments to connect with the Lord. We grew together. We served together. So there's moments of intentional dating. I was very diligent in how I pursued her. I was very diligent in how we did premarital together. We went through merge, which is something the Grace Bible Church does. Uh, we went through premarital together, and it was great. We grew in intimacy together, we grew an understanding of each other. There was a lot of opportunities for growth. We were very diligent in that phase. 
And then you get to the wedding season, which overtakes every aspect of your life. I had no social life. I, I did work. To my boss out there, I did work. Uh, but being diligent and planning a wedding, there's just a lot of things going on with that. And if you've been married, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been married, get ready. It's a season. Totally worth it. But boy, is it a lot. And so we diligently planned the wedding. And so I remember a moment where I told my wife, Mayor, I looked at her and said, hey, can we have a date night where we actually just don't talk about wedding stuff? I'm so tired of wanting to know how many people are coming, what food we're gonna get, all the different, how many linens we need. I don't know, just their tables, just put stuff on them, right? But I remember those moments of being very diligent and then we got married and then the honeymoon. I have never felt so lazy as I have on our honeymoon. We did an all-inclusive resort in Mexico and so all of our food was all included and so we did not put a limit on eating, and so we just ate a lot. We had room service, there was people at our beck and call, uh, there was pools all over the place that we would just lay in the pool most of the day, and we would just enjoy time together. We did excursions, we talked, we had nowhere to be, we had nothing to do, it was just being. And there was aspects that were really awesome about that, and I wouldn't trade them. But I remember a distinct conversation I had with Mary, and I said, it was on the fifth day, because we were there for about six days. On the fifth day, I told her, I think I'm ready to go home. I'm living in paradise. Like, this is great. Everything's awesome. But I got to a point where I was so lazy that I was not fulfilled, satisfied. It just felt very foreign to what I'm used to. And so in a very short period of time, if you can imagine, you go from being very diligent in your life to having no order, no rhythms, and it's just straight laziness. And it's interesting, as we approach the book of Proverbs, Solomon does this. He has this, it's just one sentence about being diligent, and it's one sentence about being lazy. And then in that, it's a stark comparison and contrast about the way that we live our life. So diligence provides opportunities for gospel-centered living, and we're gonna see that play out in three different realms. We're gonna see it play it out in our desires, in our discernment, and then it gets paid off in dividends. So we're gonna see how, and they're, they're a sequential flow, right? So it starts from our desires, it starts as we discern our plans, and then eventually, Lord willing, one day we will reap the benefits of our diligence. So let's jump into that first one. Uh, and so this is uh, our desires. So this is from Proverbs 13.4. It says, the appetite of the sluggard, or lazy person, uh, craves, but gets nothing, the desire of the diligent will be abundantly satisfied. So you have these two, again, you got the diligent and you got the lazy person. The lazy person, they crave, they want something, but they don't have the diligence to get it. The diligent person has the desire, but they also have the work ethic to be abundantly satisfied. Again, you can read that and you're like, I know exactly what it's talking about. The hard part is how do we apply that? So the appetite of the slugger craves, but gets nothing, but the desires of the diligent will be abundantly satisfied. See, the reality is diligent people actively work towards their desires. Now, we're not even in the realm of are those desires good or bad. We're just simply saying 
the desires of the diligent are achieved because people are actively working towards them, right? And we see this in the reality of our world. If you look at your careers, right? This past weekend, a bunch of our high school students graduated. They probably had a desire from very, very early on to finally graduate high school just to potentially go back to school for more time, more money and investment. But they did, right? They graduated high school. So there was a desire for them to graduate high school. So what did they do? They had to diligently study. Can't fail classes. They had to dilig diligently show up to class, right? You can't have too many tardies. They diligently did the work year after year after year to finally get to the moment where they graduated high school. We also see this in our careers as well. We have a desire to grow in our workplace. We have a desire to maybe get advanced or a promotion. And so what do we do? We diligently work. We diligently show up to work on time. We diligently maintain good relationships with our peers. We diligently do the small, meaningful things that over time create meaningful rewards. So diligent people actively work towards their desires. And I remember when I was in high school, uh, my mom issued me a challenge uh, to which I'm like, okay, great, I can do this. She said, Sam, when you are about to start driving, so I was 15 at the time, I was about to start getting my, looking in cars, what we're gonna get for vehicles, my mom issued a challenge and said, Sam, whatever money you put forward, I will match. I said, that was a mistake. I'm gonna make a lot of money. And for a 15-year-old, I worked so hard. I would work six hours a day at a batting cage on the other side of Houston. And so I would drive 30 minutes there, drive 30 minutes back, work. I would get home super late at night. I would leave school, go home, change, immediately go off to work. Did that for multiple days a week. Why? Because I knew I wanted, the desire was to get a car. Over the summer, I worked more, I had more time, so I was able to diligently work for the reward of eventually getting a car. And we did, I got a car, it was this little blue Toyota Corolla, brand new, it's crazy, but it lasted me for 10 years. Took it to college with me, it was when I was there when I graduated college, but the diligence of day in and day out of that desire that I had to finally get a car, to have some independence, to have opportunities to do other things, was finally realized after many, many times of diligent day in, day out work. And it was cool that car was not just a vehicle in of itself. What it was was really an opportunity to do things. See, the car provided me opportunities to continue serving in my church in a way that my mom didn't have to drive me there every time I was up there. My car provided opportunities for me to visit some of my friends who weren't believers and to hang out with them. My car not only was a desire, but the Lord used that as an opportunity and a vessel for me to be diligent in pursuing and following the Lord. And so the way we conduct our desires, our deepest desires, our innermost feelings, the voids that we try to fill, those can be used by the Lord for his good. They can be used by the Lord for his good, see diligent people actively work towards their desires. The difference between the lazy person and the diligent person isn't that they don't have desires. Lazy people have desires. They just don't have any follow through to work on them. 
imagine sitting day in and day out with all these desires, thoughts, meaningful things that you want to accomplish, but not having any of the willpower to actually do them. See, diligence provides opportunities for our desires to glorify and honor the Lord. When we look at the framework, a gospel-centered framework, our diligence provides opportunities for us to live a gospel-centered life. So that's the first one, our desires. Second one, our discernment. Our discernment. This is from Proverbs 21.5. It says, the plans of the diligent lead only to plenty, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Plans of the diligent lead only to plenty, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So again, you have this stark contrast. Diligent people, they not only plan, but they have the work ethic to accomplish. Lazy people look for opportunities to come their way. They look for opportunities to come their way. And then they have to be hasty. They have to grab them. They have to... Uh, manage them very quickly, otherwise they may lose them, rather than diligently doing the work of planning, diligently doing the work of walking in their plans. So again, we see this in a lot of ways, but one of those ways is in our friendships. When we talk to uh, lead only to plenty, that can mean wealth, it can also mean other things, but when we look at friendships, how many of y'all have friends that you just happened out of opportunity to get and still maintain to this day? Probably not, right? Because friendship requires investment. Friendship requires planning. Friendship requires things that diligence provides. But a lazy person is just waiting for opportunities for either someone to reach out to them, opportunities to come their way for them to grab and latch on. But diligence says, I will plan so that the Lord may be glorified through that planning. Uh, this past, past Friday, uh, I had the joy of officiating a wedding. It was one of our youth leaders here at Southwood, him and his now future, now wife, uh, got the opportunity to officiate their wedding. And it was a great moment because really what it was is it was many, many years of diligent seeking each other and seeking the Lord that led up to that moment that they got married. And so I've been to a bunch of weddings and it's really cool to see the people that get married and everybody's excited and everybody's celebrating. It's like this great moment. But it's a whole nother thing to be the one officiating and I'm realizing this because me and my wife got to see all the behind the scenes that leads up to being married. All the premarital sessions, all the times that they've came over for dinner to be mentored the moments of walking through conflict resolution, the moments of walking through joy and celebration and hurt and, and all the hard things that come with being in an intentional dating relationship. But that didn't happen by accident. They planned out their future. They said, hey, we want to look at being married. Let's continue discerning, is this God's will? Let's start inviting other people into our lives. Let's start inviting them to see, hey, are we on the right path? Are we still going the right way? Are we still walking in this? And so they're intentionally discerning, hey, the plan that we have set, is that still, Lord, your plan? If they were to walk into their marriage with happenstance, 
or just saying, well, we'll see what happens. They're not off on a good foot, right? So diligence, diligent people plan their work. You may have heard this, and work their plan. There's an aspect of diligence that is so future thinking, saying this is where we want to go, but what are the steps right now to get there? And so when we look even at that couple that got married, there are opportunities now that they have as being a married couple to pursue the Lord to an unknowing world. There's opportunities to the diligence of all the stuff that they put in before their marriage to now have a healthy marriage walking forward. So is there areas of our life right now that we're saying, and I want the future to look this way, but are we walking day in and day out with the diligence required to grow? And saying, Lord, these are the plans that I have with my life. I know you may change them, but in this season, I'm diligently and faithfully walking through them. What's my next faithful step? Lord, please give me opportunities with my diligence to glorify and honor you. See, diligent people plan their work, and they also work their plan. And then the third part, dividends. It's an investment term. And so what we mean by this is Proverbs 10.4 says, the one who is lazy becomes poor, and the one who works diligently becomes wealthy. One who is lazy becomes poor, one who is diligent becomes wealthy. So it's this aspect of your wealth or the plenty in your life is not achieved overnight. A lazy person who is day in, day out, every day being lazy will eventually be poor. And the opposite turn, a diligent, a diligent person day in, day out, those little moments of diligence every single day will eventually lead them to wealth. And again, this can mean money, which again makes sense. If you're being hired for a job, do you wanna hire somebody who is diligent worker, diligently working, or do you wanna hire somebody who's just there? Again, the Lord has kind of ordained our world to operate in a way that says we need to work for people. We need to work in order to get and achieve things. So the one who is lazy becomes poor, but the one who works diligently becomes wealthy. See, diligent people invest their diligence, they invest their time, they invest their efforts and energies so that one day they will receive the dividends of that investment. They will invest their diligence so that one day they will see their investment. The stuff we're doing right now, either good or bad, is an investment toward what our future selves are gonna be. So where's the trajectory? If we were to look at our life, take an honest look at our life and say, hey, this is my life. Am I where I wanna be right now? And am I going the way I wanna go? Because the reality is we don't get to where we are overnight and we don't get to where we are by accident. The stuff we do, whether good or bad, gets us to the moment we are. So there's opportunities with the Lord. We're saying, God, how do I honor you in the future by doing stuff today that'll honor you? And it's interesting, if you guys know Albert Einstein, he was a smart guy. He was a guy that did a general relativity theory. I had to look that one up. I can't tell you what exactly that means, something about planets and space-time and warping our solar system. But anyway, if you wanna do a quick dive into that, Albert Einstein, super smart guy, but he said this. He said, anyone can be a genius, which again, coming from an actual genius, if they pick just one specific subject and study it diligently, just 15 minutes a day. 
They pick one specific subject and study it diligently. It's 15 minutes a day. Again, that sounds so easy to do, but the reality is that's incredibly hard sometimes. What would our spiritual life look like if we say, hey, I'm gonna start praying for 15 minutes a day? What would our family life look like if we say, hey, I wanna invest in my kids for 15 minutes today? I wanna do a devotional with them. I wanna pray for them. What would it look like for us to uh, diligently, even for just 15 minutes a day, care about the people at our work? What would it look like to engage in conversations with people who don't believe the same thing that we do or who don't agree with everything? What would it look like even just for 15 minutes a day for us to diligently invest in the people that God has moved around us? And as I was thinking of this, I was reminded uh, just that diligent people invest their diligent, diligence and will receive dividends in the future. It may be farther down the road, it may be sooner. Regardless, at some point, the Lord will reward some of those diligence. And it was funny, I was, as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a time where I did this really poorly. So this is not a like, oh, that was a good example to follow that, like don't do this. Uh, and it was when I was in college. I'm not an Aggie, I know it's a bummer, uh, but I went to a small, I know, tough, <laughs> tough, tough crowd. Uh, but I went to a small D3 school called Laterno in East Texas. Super small, no-name school. Uh, to give you a picture of it, uh, their intramural sports was more popular than their collegiate sports. So more people showed up for their intramural stuff than their like collegiate stuff, right? It's a great school, great engineering education. Uh, but I remember a moment, one of the few times I actually went to a collegiate sports game, I went to a soccer game. I used to play soccer in high school uh, at a big 6A school down in Houston. Uh, I even played varsity in my sophomore year, and so I was like, man, this is like just so reminiscent of fun stuff when I was in high school playing soccer. And I remember going, watching this game, and looking out on the field, talking to my buddy, and said, I remember looking at him and saying, dude, I think I could do that better. I think I can do that better. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, and he goes, you know they have open tryouts in a little bit, right? I was like, ooh, okay. I was like, okay, I haven't played since high school. And this was like my junior year in college. It's like, I haven't played since high school, but I'm like naturally athletic. I can run around, like I can do a bunch of stuff. And I said, great, that'll be fine, it'll be easy. And so I did like every other person did, and hopefully not. But I waited until the day before trials to start training. <laughs> and I said, I used to be able to do all this. It's not that big of a deal. And then I looked in my room, realized I didn't even have a soccer ball. So I had to go to the store, grab a soccer ball, bought some cones, and I went out in this empty field for about two hours and did drills like I did in high school. And it was terrible. I was out of shape, I was tired. I wasn't even playing against anybody. I kept losing the ball and I had to keep running after it, which just made me even more tired. And I was like, well, maybe, you know, they weren't that good. Maybe I'll show up, maybe I'll still have a chance. Yeah, I did not. It was not good. So I showed up, made a fool of myself, really embarrassed myself. But what I didn't do is there wasn't any of those build-up moments of everyday practicing, and what I did do was rely on the big bulk thing at the end to cram. We see it a lot when we do tests. We say, why would I need to study 30 minutes a day when I can just study for eight hours the day before? Right, retention goes out the wall, out the window, right? 
We see it in our jobs. A big performance review is coming up, and you say, oh, this is the week. I'm going to be there on time. I'm going to make sure everybody knows that I care about them, right? And so we lose this ability for the day in, day out diligence that people never see. See, it's easy to look at people either that have like these big podcast names or these big preachers or these big uh, maybe influential people in your work and say, man, I wanna, I wanna be like them. I wanna do what they do. And you start realizing exactly what they do every single day. And you're like, no, nah, I'm pretty good with my own life. I don't think I could do that, right? See, oftentimes we want the product of diligence, meaning we want the result of diligence without the actual diligence to get there. Right? We want the product of diligence. It's the shortcut. It's easier to say, Lord, help me do that. And then I can serve your kingdom. See, diligent people invest their diligence and eventually will receive dividends. Imagine what your life would look like. Imagine what your life would look like if you invested now in your family, your friends, in your work, in your spiritual life. What would even starting today look like for many, many years down the future, even if it is just 15 minutes a day. See, diligence, as we look through the book of Proverbs, provides opportunities for gospel-centered living. The reality is the Lord may be throwing opportunities at us even right now, but we're the ones responsible to walk diligently through it. And my hope and my prayer, even in this moment, that the Lord would kind of shine a little light on maybe even a specific area of her life. Like, man, I am not diligently walking in this area. Lord, help me. Help me, guide me, give me wisdom, give me endurance to diligently walk in this area of my life. See, whether that's with our desires, saying, Lord, I know I have desires. Change those so that they follow and conform to you and not my selfishness, not the me-centeredness, but Lord, your gospel-centeredness, those desires, because the desires eventually lead to planning and discernment. And so if we start with desires that are not gospel-centered, we're gonna put all of our diligence into something that is not beneficial for the kingdom, and it's not beneficial for our spiritual growth. So how can we as families, how can we as Married people, how can we as single people, people who have jobs with coworkers who may or may not know God's word, how can we as, as families and friends and whatever opportunities the Lord gives us, how can we diligently day in and day out follow the Lord? Imagine if all of us a year from now said, I'm just gonna invest a little bit of time each day to furthering my relationship with the Lord. What would that look like? What would that look like for Southwood? What would that look like for your families? How would your kids benefit from it? How would your marriages, how would every part of our lives benefit if we diligently walked with the Lord? You know, as you look at all throughout scripture, there's moments of people being intentional and walking with the Lord. My hope and our desire, even this morning, is whether that's out of your desires or whether that's out of plans that you're discerning or it's out of the dividends that the Lord graciously gives us. What can we do today 
and diligence to further ourselves in the future for the Lord? Is there opportunities even right now that the Lord says, hey, I want you to diligently walk through this because a year from now, there's gonna be a great reward. And I don't know what that looks like for each of our lives. I don't know what that looks like for all of us. But I'm thankful that we serve a God who gives us his spirit, who convicts us, who reveals areas of our life for growth, and that we follow a Lord who cares deeply for us. So when we look at diligence in the book of Proverbs, when we look at diligence in how we persistently and carefully work throughout our lives, is there an area out of our desire? Is there an area out of our discernment? And is there an area out of our dividends that the Lord may be revealing as an area for growth? And may we be people that diligently listen and walk through that. So with that, I'm gonna pray. And I just want us to reflect. Just as I pray, as we think, as we talk, Lord, how can you move in our lives? How can you be diligent? How can we be people that are marked by diligence in our work, in our family, in our friends? God, may we be diligent people. Lord, we thank you, God, for this morning. God, we thank you that your truth is seen throughout the book of Proverbs. God, as we look at what it means to live a diligent life, God, we pray for the opportunities that are already present in our lives. And God, we pray for the opportunities that you may soon give us. God, may we be people that is marked by diligence in every area of our life, how we love our spouses, how we care for the people at our work, and how our, even our work ethic is. God, the people we interact with on the streets, God, our friends and our neighbors. God, may we be people when people ask what's a word that describes us, may we be diligent, Lord. God, diligent in our desires, diligent in our discernment and our plans, and diligent, God, in the way that we give you glory because of your gracious gifts. God, may we be people who live diligent lives. And God, we do that off of your power and by your glory. God, by being a gospel-centered filter that we frame our diligence through. God, not out of selfishness, not out of any wants or needs or desires that we may have, but God, out of the perfect fulfillment that your son came and died for. God, may we live in light of the gospel and may we live diligently in that light. So God, convict us. Give us an opportunity right now to pursue diligence for your kingdom. Pray all this in your son's name. Amen.